This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. This is Everything Elite, Everything Elite, that sounded funny, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to all elite wrestling and the elite extended universe. I may be joined as always by my good friend, Nate, aka Epitasis. What's up, Nate? Hello, it's me. I'm Epitasis here on the podcast Saturday afternoon, afternoon, um, Hanging out. What's up, Aaron? This is the point where I normally say, "Oh, Nate, uh, big Beatles fan, huh?" <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, about forty percent that you were going to say, "Oh, you're wearing a Beatles shirt today, Nate." <laughs> well, uh, I don't, I don't think we've covered that on the normal show. That only comes out on the Patreon. Okay. But yes, yeah, so I got my parents went to, I don't know, Hamburg, Germany, or whatever, and bought me this Beatles shirt as a souvenir. And I wear it around the house on the weekends when I'm not going anywhere and I'm recording a podcast. And at least twice, if not three times, Aaron goes, huh, wouldn't have expected you to be wearing a Beatles shirt. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I should have just done it this time, but I thought I would acknowledge that I, I yeah, it's it. Great to see the personal growth there and that you're, <laughs> um, I don't know, working on that memory of yours. <laughs> Been taking a lot of uh, ginkgo biloba uh, to try to work on my memory. Nice. I've been taking some cordyceps. Okay, what are what are those? Uh, it's like a fungus. I bought this. <laughs> I bought a big ass jar of these uh, at the beginning of the pandemic because it was like one of the. It's like here's a supplement that actually shows you know uh, improves lung function, um, blah blah blah, and has shown you know help with COVID or something or other. Um, so yeah, I still just have like half a bottle of remaining of that. Uh, I think it's also the fungus that causes the outbreak in The Last of Us. I haven't played it. <laughs> okay. Well, that seems uh, seems a little frightening, but uh, Mike is also here with us. And Mike, I'm also not sure that I've seen your t-shirt before. Oh, you certainly have. This is okay. a, this is another uh, t-shirt like Nate's that is like, oh, I'm not planning on going outside. I've already done like lawn work and then I'm just going to toss this into the wash. It is a t-shirt that is modeled off of Earthbound, if the if the character Ness from Earthbound, that is another video game, uh, Aaron. We're, we're, we have two video games references. I mean, this is E3 time, so Nate and I probably will be riffing a lot on this, but I, I want to make sure you're included. But this is a t-shirt that imagines if, Ress's, if Ness's like, famous red cap became the one-net baseball team. So it's the one-net red caps. So, okay. So you pronounce it one-net. That's interesting. I always pronounced it O-net. Well, Although, I mean, of course, the, the joke is that the towns are named one, two, three, and they all have the number in their name. Right. Yeah. So, um, so but I still own that. Own that just sounds better than one net. Uh, you're wrong. It, it's one net. I mean, it, it, it's okay, like how the Canes is, because then it's Tucson, three, yeah. and four sides. Right. So See, those one those make, fen- make sense phonetically, but one net does not. They should have. There were other routes they could have gone if they wanted to make it pronounced the- like. I mean, one ton. I mean, one ton. Yeah, don't like it. 
Yeah, yeah, Oneville. I mean, like yeah, it, Oneville. That's that's yeah. actually what I just was thinking. That goes right to it. You're not going to pronounce it Oneville. No way. Oneville. No, no. So, uh, uh, I'm calling out Earthbound localizer. Uh, What's his uh, name? Uh, Do you know his name? Oh, uh, not for that. But you're also calling out Etoy while we're at it too, because that's the same name as it was in the Japanese version. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I will call out Etoy. Um. He he did get canceled, I think, for supporting the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, I, I, the I the, mean, the best friend super fan, the Japanese best friend super fan that I follow, yeah, um, was tweeting about Etoy getting canceled for supporting uh, Shinzo Abe's Olympics. Um, so I, I believe that's a thing. I mean, Shinzo Abe managing to do the Olympics and then going like, "I'm resigning. Suga's now in charge. Have fun with COVID." Just like tremendous shit yieldum right there. Yeah, I remember when he showed up in uh, Brazil dressed as Mario? Yeah. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, unlike Mike and Nate, I'm wearing one of my best shirts for today's show. It's uh, from our friends at Manscaped. So I'm wearing my oh, there it is. complimentary Manscaped t-shirt today. I'm sure we'll talk about Manscaped later. Uh, if you want to know more about the t-shirts we like to wear, you can follow us on Twitter at EverythingAEW. I'm at Aaron Like the Car. Nate is at Epitasis. Mike is Fujiheya. Subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you use. Please, if it's the Apple Podcast app, give us a five-star rating and a review. And if you want to support the show, the best way to do so is to go to patreon.com slash everything elite and subscribe. Uh, we will kick off the show as is customary with Elite or Delete talking about another Friday night episode of Dynamite. Uh, Nate, I'll kick it to you. What was your favorite thing from this show that I think was generally more well-received than last uh, I think uh, unquestionably more well-received. Not that it had, you know, any super highs or anything, but a pretty solid episode of televised American wrestling. Uh, not <laughs> just an absolute frustrating pain to sit through like last week's episode. Um, I think my favorite thing was probably the six-man tag on here. Young Bucks, uh, Brandon Cutler versus Pac, Penta, and Eddie Kingston. Uh, this was... A little bit, um, a little bit divergent from what the Young Bucks have been doing recently, and that it wasn't like a, hey, we're going to go out and have a blow away twenty-two minute match and have sixteen pins get broken up. I mean, you're still doing your, you know, tag partner saves the pin, that sort of thing. That's just pretty much part of the house style, I think. Uh, but I thought it was like a good sound story match where you got uh a lot of fun little segments the getting the the shine on brandon cutler and just beating the shit out of him with his face mask on was a lot of fun i'm very tickled by brandon cutler his role as the elite young boy in this company now um you know you get some good interplay with pack and eddie where they're getting on the same page even though pack's reluctant um and that that i think is effective in furthering both those characters you get just a ton of you know, Pack being a tough bastard and the Young Bucks being cocky pricks, which is great. And you also get possibly my favorite thing, which is the Young Bucks eating shit, which they do. And I said that they would do in this gimmick better than anybody else. That spot where Nick Jackson trips just when he's entering the ring uh, is just one of my favorite spots in wrestling and makes me laugh every single time. And the icing on the cake, you get the Elite Hunter, Frankie Kazarian, best gimmick 2021, um, coming in in the camo, ready to hunt. Uh, to take out uh, the elite at the end of this match when they do the big schmas with the good brothers getting involved. I uh, just, yeah, very, very sound, solid match. Nothing that's going to, you know, make your notebook for the end of the year, 
but uh, a good good anchor, good foundation for this episode, I thought. Yeah, this match rocked. It was the best thing on the show, I would say, by a good margin. Uh, Brandon Cutler being the absolute job, job guy jabroni, just eating shit nonstop, fantastic at it. Uh, just like the way that he decided to make everything look incredibly brutal and doing enough to make us not think back our head wait this is the dragon guy on dark and elevation over the last year no he he just stepped in being the elite young boy it was fantastic pack yet again just exceptional and just just like a great character six-man tag match that still rocked across the board that i mean you still had the young bucks penta uh Eddie Pack and Brandon Cutler, and I mean, none of them are slouches. So even though this was a character match, this was an incredibly strong character match, and you know, it brought it brought a lot of things to the table here. And just kind of at that point on the show, I was just like, all right, I that the, they could just have another completely bizarre ending of the show like last week, and I'd be okay, especially because we got the elite hunter, Frankie Kazarian. Very strange here because. Uh, I mean, I'm sure this match is going to come up later, but I hated the opening match on this show. And then you got maybe my favorite segment, and we may talk about this, Brock Anderson. But then this match, you know, Nate, you said it was like the anchor of the show, but it really helped to make this into a good show rather than a funny show. Like the first match I didn't like that. It's like Brock Anderson's like, this is fucking hilarious. I love this. But then, it, then you're up in the air of like, where's this show going to go? And they're like, oh, here's a really good match that you can enjoy. So that really helped. It ended funny. Yes. Uh, but I honestly, I prefer this style of match to like what the Young Bucks usually do. So this yeah. was, I'm, I guess I'm glad it wasn't the first match because they probably would have done the other type of match they usually do in that spot. Right. That's, uh, you forget that the Young Bucks are so good at doing a bunch of different styles of match, but they often don't. Instead of they go out and do, oh, we're going to do the 22-minute blow away, you know, ridiculous combination of spots, Young Bucks high energy match with 16 broken up pins, which is really extremely entertaining when you do it once every, I don't know, maybe even once every two months, probably more like once every three months. Then you're like, holy shit, that was awesome. But yeah, they, they do kind of go to that well a little too often on television, I think. Which, of course, I have gone to the well of saying that on the show a lot, which is that they just do too many, you know, blow away, high work, great matches on the television. Um, I do think Frankie Kazarian, he's going for like a hunter look with the camo and everything. Nate, you got to you gotta give get... us a chance. Somebody might pick Frankie Kazarian. Well, I already mentioned him in my my elite, so no, I don't think somebody might I, dig into it. I think saying. that die is cast. Um I, I want him to be like more wounded, psychologically tormented soldier guy. I want him to be like Rambo in First Blood or something where he has post-traumatic stress disorder. I think that would add a really funny element to his character as well. Just get some weird bandanas around the head. Just, just something more drama. Just, yes. I want, I want psychologically tortured Kaz, not just Hunter Kaz. So basically what you're really wanting is this to become like a Michael Cimino movie. Don't know the name, but yes. Deer Hunter. Okay, sure. Haven't seen it. Okay. Mike, go ahead, bud. Tell us yeah. your pick. Well, let's 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 kind of just unravel everything that is Brock Anderson because there's few things that have amused me as much as first one we got to meet Brock Anderson and everyone you know made the accurate. Well, this is a guy who turned thirty 
but it has looked at like he's been 30 since eight to 12, which is fantastic. And then two, he, he gave, he gave off like such like a enjoyable Georgia slash Carolina's energy that I'm just like, okay, I know this guy exactly. He, he wants to be in this opening segment so he can go out fishing on Lake Hartwell. And then just like the idea of, oh yeah, now Cody is teaming with Arn Anderson's son next week. And it's just like, okay, all right, Cody, we're going to this well now. I'm all right with this. We're going to happen. This is going to happen. And I'm kind of intrigued to see like how Brock Anderson, how do you become a pro wrestler as Arn Anderson's son and how you portray yourself in 2021? Like that is, that is very fascinating to me. Other than the idea of this is a guy that, you know, he's really excited about Dabo Sweeney's uh, recruiting class. You know, like that's, that's Brock Anderson to me. Yeah, Brock Anderson. Um, I do not like guys that look like this. Um, basically, this guy is not a babyface to me. No, no, not at all. No. Yeah, he's supposed to be a babyface here. He's supposed to be the second generation son of the big, you know, beloved old wrestler who's tagging with the ace question mark. Um, yeah, this, he just does not project babyface to me. Um that's pretty, I just could not get over him like coming out here in his deck shoes for his television debut. That was amazing to me. He just shows up yeah. in Sperry's, a Southern Tide polo shirt and his Bonobo uh, khaki shorts. I mean, maybe this is the modern version of what an Arn Anderson would wear. I don't know. Maybe he, you look back at old Arn clips and he's you know got like jeans and a tucked in t shirt or something on. And I don't, maybe this is like the equivalent of just being a a good old boy that uh you know like that everybody likes around the fucking fire pit i don't know <laughs> i don't I'm, I'm i'm brock anderson's gonna have to do a lot to overcome my uh my initial impression of him uh, i don't know he kind of i think he rules actually nate i'm gonna have to disagree with you on this um so he's like 23 or 24 according to my uh-huh. my Googling ECU grad on the internet so that's very funny um, the pirates Yes, yes, the Pirates. I like that. Okay, I like a few things. He comes out in this getup while Cody goes for like... <laughs> Hold up, get up. Yeah. While Cody goes for his old Alkaline Trio punished Cody, where he's like all black with like the ugly fucking tie. And I'm like, I feel like Cody really could have, you know, he wears more of like a preppy type suit sometimes. I think he could have done that. He really didn't help... Uh, brock here and then does nobody tell brock that he's got the really sweaty pits does nobody say <laughs> bud maybe we put your other your salmon polo on for this uh for this event because that was bad uh but yeah he like doesn't look athletic in any way i like that about him uh <laughs> 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 apparently he was a high school wrestler so uh, i don't yeah, know yeah. If he, he looks like a high school wrestler i don't know if he wrestled at ecu or not it doesn't look like he, a college wrestler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he looks like a guy who really wanted to get back to his lease. Well, you know. He, he should have worn a, a seersucker suit because that mod, mod, moderates the temperature of those bright lights oh, oh, better oh, than the oh, polo. Oh, so so you want him to go from Clemson alum to Ole Miss alum is what you're saying? Yes. Well, okay. I mean, I don't actually, but at least that would, you know, avoid the, the sweaty pits, I guess. Yeah, it was it was bad for him. And he did, he like... You could really see him because he held his arms out like Arn did, you know, with like his fingers on his 
on his hips. Uh, so he's like, check out my pits, guys. You know, just like, give these a look. But yeah, he looks uh, very dumb. Um, very, somebody I would very much hate. And it just, I don't know, it just made me laugh so much. I thought it was so funny. Like, yeah. you really, you know, Arn Anderson to me, and I've talked about Arn at length on this show, I just thought he always looked like he could kick your ass. You know, it's just like, this guy's a badass. No, he doesn't look super athletic, but it's like he could uh destroy you with his like old man strength at 23 brock just looks like uh, just a fucking dude you know so i'm i'm fascinated to see what kind of pro wrestler he is i'm i'm kind of uh, intrigued that i guess sec frat boys still dress like this because this is what they dressed like when i was in college and it's been you know a fair amount of time since then uh you know i would have thought that the culture would have moved on in some way, maybe would have gotten even dumber and preppier and more Southern, but uh, it appears to pretty much be just the exact same thing. No, no. I I know plenty of Brock Andersons. I've come across plenty of Brock Andersons in my life, and the same person who would be a Brock Anderson in, in 1999 is the same person who would be a Brock Anderson in 2021. You know, the only difference is there might be a new model of croaky that came out for their sunglasses. Uh, I guess... I'm going to have to steal the the listener elite. I'm going to piggyback off uh, our good friend Thoros, which shouts to Thoros. Uh, had a rough had a rough time in AC. Um, not because he lost a shirt or anything, you know. Uh, but Thoros said uh, he wanted to shout out the Jade Cargill, Mark Sterling pre-tape in general, and particularly uh, Mark Sterling's read line reading of, oh yeah, the B word is great, which I also <laughs> thought was excellent. This is like... I wasn't that, I guess it was just the way they delivered the pairing got me kind of down on it. But when I was watching this pre-tape, I was like, oh yeah, this is great. Like Mark Sterling really plays off of her well and hides some of her rougher edges of like her just being new to the business. And he definitely, yeah, when she, he's like, uh, she's like, oh yeah, I want to make money off of my catchphrase. He's like, oh yeah, the B word. It's great. So that was excellent. <laughs> A great pairing. <laughs> Yes, that amused me greatly. Uh, I do like the pairing a pretty good amount. Yeah, the whole the whole rigmarole with her cutting tape promos on TV every week about how she wasn't going to pay anyone didn't make any sense. It was annoying, but I don't know. I get you know it kind of it kind of works for his character. He's like a lawyer who wants to get into wrestling, and also he's like I don't know a little bit of a, a simp or a, a pay pig for her or something like that. Maybe. Um, I do. They look good together on camera. I do want Mark Sterling just to like crouch a little bit just so she towers over him even more. I think that would uh, do her some favors. And I'm looking forward to, you know, whenever she gets tired of him and power bombs him uh, yeah. through the ring or whatever, he comes back in the full neck wrap again, body cast. That's going to be great. He, he's got a good, fresh energy uh for the show i think or, or for wrestling in general that you know nobody else none of these other old ass managers on this uh promotion are doing yeah it, it it's a great act it's something that i think that sterling since that has ended up being the end point as soon as smart mark sterling looked like he could have been the manager that was the thing i was hoping for unless we would get something completely out of left field and it, it I, I think they hit on something that kind of like sands down the edges of the character and the act and you know how was Aaron. Oh, that was Aaron. I apologize, Aaron. Aaron, you said a great thing there. That I, I forgive you. <laughs> but it's it, it's something that with like Jay, like we we've seen like her introductory promo, like a lot of her mic work sometimes is a little bit stilted. So having someone like Sterling there doing the line share, the talking, and then still allowing Jay to get like 
the 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 high spots in the promo, I guess, for lack of a better term, I think is really effective. And yeah, Sterling's going to eat shit eventually, and it's going to be tremendous. Uh, our friend Thoros did not lose his shirt in Atlantic City, but while he's sitting at home, if he wants to try to lose his shirt, he can go to mybookie.ag. No, no. If he wants to try and win even more shirts. You're right. You're right. Uh, Thoros has a lot of cool, uh, like a Hao Ming shirt that's very cool. He could get more Hao Ming shirts by going to mybookie. Baseball and basketball seasons are long. There's up to 400 potential matches a month, and you can make each and every one matter by having skin in the game. Over at mybookie.ag. Uh, let's see, we got NBA playoffs going on. I, I think NHL playoffs are going on, if I'm not mistaken about that. Baseball, yeah. certainly. There's some sort of soccer gimmick going on. I don't know anything about soccer. Um, the Euro, yeah. Yeah, whatever that is. Uh, <laughs> but you can bet on all that. Mike, is there anything that you've been uh, looking at on the mybookie.ag board lately? Wait, before I say that, mybookie.ag, our promo code is ELITE. And you'll get your first deposit matched up to $1,000. You have to let them know that we sent you by using the promo code E-L-I-T-E to get that free deposit bonus. Mike, uh, anything catching your eye over at my book? Well, as, as you, all, you all know, the most important sporting events happening right now, that is the College World Series. And it's getting to a point right now where like, there's some interesting lines they have. You would not think that college baseball would have such a strong gambling scene but on my bookie.ag it's interesting to see like okay the sec schools they are for the most part a little bit favored here and just out like in the middle of nowhere in this like you you've seen like normal teams you'd expect in the college world series south florida tampa in the college world series in omaha they are three and a half run underdogs in the university of texas it's uh, a, a lot of evening. runs yeah, that's a lot of runs there. And the over under seven and a half. So that's a tasty little parlay that I might get myself into this evening. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I wish you the best of luck, Mike, and everyone else. If you want to get in on Mike's uh, College World Series betting, go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code ELITE, get the free deposit bonus, start your day off with a win. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie. Now let's talk about the bad stuff that was on the show. And there wasn't a ton of bad stuff. Uh, Nate, something that you didn't like from the show? Yeah, so I'm I'm just kind of gonna piggyback here. I there wasn't much that I disliked. Um, the larger issue problem is is what we talked about last week a lot, where every every feud is just continuing from before the pay per view, and the pay per view in particular like had no real impact on a lot of the feuds. Uh, you know, it it served as a nice story point for uh the darby and sting story maybe uh in that now they're focusing on his sting carrying darby i guess that's a good sort of progression but uh the uh the qt and cody feud did not get a great point of progression as we know anthony gogo just got beat and now he's gone or whatever um so Cody, you know, not particularly bothered by any of this, of course, as he never is. Uh, he's just going to use this as an opportunity to showcase some new second generation friend of his or whatever. Uh, I'm mostly I'm deleting QT saying the IWC on television. Yeah, yeah. just. <laughs> well, That's, or... I mean, is he? If you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, maybe he's doing it like a like a GCW universe bit, but uh, I don't know that he is. That's that being Matt Cardona calling the 
the GCW uh, fandom, the GCW universe or whatever. That's funny to me. Uh, the IWC to me was just weird and off-putting. That's all. Yeah, it's a weird off-putting thing to say in 2021. Like, it, it, this isn't in the 90s where, like, you would go to, like, uh, Rex Sports Pro Wrestling to, like, go be able to, like, talk to smart fans. Like, it's just, it, it's a figment of the past. And using that as, like, a part of a feud there. Like, instead of saying, like, well, all the social media has been going out to get me, just say that. Don't say IWC. Like, it's such a dated kind right. of that's, thing. That's a way more normal thing to say. Is right. I guess that's relative. I guess you can't really go on TV and be like, my menchies are going wild and, <laughs> and come across like a normal person. Uh, <laughs> but there's there's definitely a middle ground to find. Yeah, but like, I, I mean, are there really, does everybody who watches the show know what IWC means? I can't no. imagine. I, no. I, I, I imagine there are, well, I don't know. Everybody is online now. 4chan is all QAnon boomers. So maybe the maybe the fifty plus crowd does know what these things mean now. Maybe. I just like it it was a phrase that was used to like make fun of people on the who are like on message boards like in the two thousand five. Like it, it it's a phrase that just does not exist. Like if he did say people are blowing up my menchies, I would think that that's like the perfect right of like insane broken brain thing to say on national TV. I would have been for that. Yeah, that would have been funny, but it wouldn't have made it would have made him feel like a real weirdo freak. I also thought this was a, a step back for QT promo wise. Like I thought he had done a better job the past few times he was out there. This was pretty rough and um, stilted. Although I think we've already called a different promo stilted on this show, but yeah, but part of it, part of the problem, as you were saying, Nate is like, this story hasn't really done any, gone anywhere or done anything. So it's like, okay, well let's just do the same shit and uh, you know, try to try to polish it up again. And it's just, it's not really working. Yeah, it's mostly that I don't since since maybe Dustin, I'm trying to think. I guess since Jericho, I just doesn't feel like Cody particularly cares about any of his feuds. <laughs> He's just very very above them. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. It's like he doesn't exist in the same world as uh, these dumb feuds he has to do. Yeah. Even though, you know, you presume that these are all his his idea, his you know, booking, his layout. At least his, you know, people that he wants to work with. Obviously, you know, he's not working with the Nightmare Factory guys unless he wants to. But yeah, you, you just don't you do you don't feel that it's anything other than you know a new little a new little thing for him to do a new a trifle for him to deal with when he can go back to whatever it is he does play Zelda. Cody is maybe like me in that he can come up with an idea, but then he gets bored of it quickly and he's like, eh, I don't really want to continue doing this anymore. <laughs> uh, but he stuck doing it, you know, so I don't mm -hmm. know. Uh, Mike, what was your least favorite thing from the show? Well, I'm leaving something on the board for you, Aaron. That, 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 consider that an early birthday present. There's something that you know I could go off about that I know that you'll probably have a better uh, way of putting it. So I, I'm going to just audible into this follow-up and how they're trying to rehab Andrade El Idolo after that terrible debut last week. Like, the only thing that you had for him this week, he's supposed to be like, he's being billed as like the, the, the new face AEW, the face of Latinos. And you just show him getting dressed and you say like, oh yeah, next week he's going to sit down with JR. And is this how you're trying to rehab someone that, yeah, th th there is a belief that 
he is someone that projects a stardom that he doesn't necessarily have. But come on, like it, it just seems like it would be such like something like the that at this point you wouldn't even bring up the fact that uh, Vicky Guerrero brought him in. Like you'd want to completely audible, completely away with it instead of just showing him uh, getting dressed and like and saying, "Oh yeah, next week he's gonna sit down there." Like. No, y'all landed an egg. You you laid an egg with this debut, and you still haven't like picked up the pieces from it. Like this is just acting like, like oh, there were things from that last week that was salvageable, which I don't see. And I felt like that it just like they're continuing to just not be able to execute on this character. That the talk was that oh, Andrade had creative control. Now we know he didn't have creative control, so it's just like. Y'all are really pot committed. This is how you're going to portray Andrade El Idolo. Okay, this seems to be going great. I bet next week the sit-down promo with JR is going to probably be bad because they've mishandled everything with Andrade so far. Well, I mean, yeah, it didn't fix the problem of last week. Last week was still a disaster. I mean, the video was good. The video was like, hey, I have a lot of money and shiny things. That's a, That's like a standby for a you know, star heel, that's going to work every time. Uh, and it was, it was produced and executed well enough. Um, so I don't really have an issue with this video in a vacuum. If he's not going to be on the show, you know, good to remind people that he's with the promotion, good to remind people that he's going to be on the next episode and have something to say. Those are all positives. Um, but yeah, it doesn't, doesn't fix the, the starting point, which was a disaster. If this, you know, if they're not going to have, Andrade show up and get in the face of Kenny Omega on day one, whether on the pay-per-view or television the next week on dynamite. Um, and you still want to announce his signing or whatever. This video would have been fine. I think Grant Akuma said this on Twitter. This video would have been fine. If like you played this on the pay-per-view, like if he, if you don't have the better option of him just coming out after that triple threat match, but, and then you could say, Hey, you know, tune in in a couple of weeks. He's going to talk to Jr. Then you have a thing to push on your television and a way to attract people to these Friday night dynamites that no one's watching. Um, yeah, those are all better ideas for the way to debut him. Um, but yeah, the, it, it doesn't solve the larger problem of he's with, he's with Vicky Guerrero like Vicky Guerrero, who is on, in a BTE stable with Ryzen, that's that's where you have Andrade. That just doesn't work. Uh, and yeah, the better they, the quicker they get away from that and find a better route for him, the better. I want to hard disagree with everyone who said, "Oh, they this playing this video would have been a good way to debut him. It would have been an awful way to debut Andrade the first time." Well, like, oh, not, here's yeah, this. My, I, I'm with the assumption that you don't have him walk out on the pay per view and get any Kenny Omega's face. If you if you cannot put him on the show physically, and you want to announce his signing, this video is fine. That with those caveats, I guess, but it would have been boring as shit. I mean, like, okay, here's this guy, like. I, I can't imagine. I mean, it's better than how they did because it inspires zero emotions rather than negative emotions. So I guess that's good. Uh, but it really concerns me that the next thing they're going to do is have him do a sit down interview with Jim Ross, who Jim Ross is not going to understand Andrade's appeal, not going to be able to play into it in the appropriate way. But Andrade just like doing a sit down interview is not his strength. That's not going to be the thing that's going to help him project uh, the best possible character. So I just, I feel like this is going to continue to suck. Uh, we will see, of course, but 
uh, it's just it's very confusing to me of why they're handling him this way, especially now that we know he doesn't have apparently any sort of creative control. So this is just what Tony Khan has decided to do with him. And I get that maybe they wanted to have him be a surprise on this first Friday Dynamite. So it would suggest to people, you got to watch these other Friday Dynamites. Anything could happen. So I, I understand it from that perspective. But it just seems to me, and, you know, it's their first, like, real big, uh, well, I guess their second real big, like, sold-out type crowd uh, for TV. So that makes sense. But I just feel like if you don't have a big pay-per-view or main event story for him, I would have just held off until I was back on my normal my normal time uh, on TV. Okay, well, now I've talked for five minutes, and now I have to talk again. So uh, my least favorite thing was Christian, of course. I hate Christian. I think he's bad. <laughs> I've always hated him. Um, I continue to be just fucking befuddled at why they think he should start the show off and have these. Now, this wasn't as long, but it's with Angelico, who's also bad. Uh, so I just didn't understand this. You start this show with a Matt Hardy promo into a Christian match into a Matt Hardy versus Christian angle. What the fuck? I mean, <laughs> I've tuned in on Friday night at 10 o'clock. I, if I... Honestly, I would have never gotten to see Brock Anderson if we didn't do this podcast because I would have just moved on with my life. And I hope, I guess we, I don't know if we see quarter hours anymore, but I hope they show people just fucking driving out the doors, tired of this shitty show. Uh, it picked up from here, but goddamn, I hated this. Yeah, I thought it was like fine to decent, maybe, maybe approaching solid. Uh, I like Angelica. All the Angelica haters are wrong. I like his uh, weird long submissions. He didn't do his dance, so that's a big demerit on this segment. I think if you're going to book Angelico in a featured segment, you got to give him time to do his dance. Um, I also think if you're going to have Jack Evans out there, you need way more Jack Evans being extra and you know Jack Evans at ringside. He didn't really have much to do at ringside. He did get in the ring after the match and try and get in Christian's face. And Christian was like, you know, uh, fending him off with like, <laughs> Jack Evans obviously went in there with the idea, oh, I'm going to sell like a fucking wild man for Christian. I'm going to go in there and bump all over the place for this guy. And Christian was like, <laughs> not in tune with him and hit him with like a couple of slaps. And, <laughs> and Evans paint is like brush. trying to take these big bumps. Yeah. From his like paintbrush blows. Uh, and it was very awkward. Um, yeah, you know, they, they should have found some way to just make Evans take a huge bump in the middle of the match for no reason. That would have improved it. Um, yeah, I don't... They must... You know, it just must be that established guys. These WWE old Attitude Era veterans are are doing something for them in the, in the data that they think this is... In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous 
brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network where their focus should be at the top of the show um you know i, I can't tell them that they're wrong because i don't have the same data but is it what's especially exciting or interesting to me about the promotion? No. I just, I knew this match would be a match that just would happen. Some people will be like, this is a well-worth match that needs to be on every show. And he's like this. And at 10 o'clock on a Friday, outside your time slot, opening up with this match is a level of gall in a way. It's like, hey, we could have had like the Bucks and Pack and uh, and all of that in the opener, or we could have done like Miro versus Tent uh, versus Evil Uno. It just seems like the the idea of that Christian Cage in twenty twenty one is like this big quarter one like top top of the show kind of presence just is befuddling me. And yeah, no, you have Jack Evans there, and Jack should have just found ways to eat shit throughout the match. Like every like way he tries to get in there, he gets knocked off, and then. Uh, he constantly tries to cheat. He's ineffective. Like the one time he almost gets to cheat, that's when the referee catches him and tosses him out. And then Jack like throws a temper tantrum. Like there's a lot of ways that they could have like made this into like 12 very enjoyable minutes. Instead, we got just stilted wrestling and just, <laughs> I, I, I'm done with an Angelico. I, I am an Angelico hater. So I, I've said my piece on about an Angelico on light. So I'm done. I like, I like having a, quote unquote, well-worked straight ahead match at the top of the show. I've said this, that I think the show should heighten and, uh, you know, get bigger and more important and crazier as the show continues. So I think setting the table with, hey, here's, 
you know, nine minutes. Here's eight minutes of Chris and Angelico showing you what traditional professional wrestling with submissions and working holds and reversals and counters and all this stuff. This is what this looks like. This is your Young Lions match on the show. Now, when you get to the Young Bucks later in the show, you're going to go, holy shit, these guys are doing all sorts of crazy shit that didn't happen in the first match. I think that's a good way to, to plot out and pace your show because it keeps your interest driving forward as you educate the audience that, hey, the big shit is yet to come. Um, but yeah, you know, does does that does that mean that I'm like super excited for the first match on the show? No, but that's fine. I don't have to be. That's why it was cool what Nitro did, because the first matches did have big spots and stuff and crazy stuff with the luchadors, but you didn't really know who they were. So it was just like, it's kind of like, you know, your average indie show with like a scramble match at the beginning, you know, it's like, I hear six guys, we don't really know, but you know, maybe they'll do something fun and you'll learn about somebody new, which I think is also a reasonable way uh, to start the show. Yeah, I, I don't. I agree with you that I don't mind like the way New Japan, for example, does like a Young Lions match first on shows. Like I like that style. I'm not sure that works for you know TV, uh, but I generally agree. I just don't like. I just don't like Christian. I'm just going to be honest. That's really. I just don't like him. Uh, listener delete. Our friend Rawl is online. Says, "Gosh, God, we're going to lose a lot of. Where was it? Who hates Rawl now? Was that Reddit or? Uh, it was Four Chan. Four Chan." All right. Well, we're going to lose all our four chances. <laughs> it's uh, you know, people that people that don't detect the irony with which somebody says something or doesn't get the bit and then complains about it. One of my favorite, uh, you know, causes for an online conversation yep. or argument confrontation. It rules. Uh, Raw wanted to delete the inner circle making the pinnacle look stupid every week. Um. Yeah, I mean, the Pinnacle pretty much each seems to keep eating shit, I guess. I guess I don't hate that. That's, that's fine. That's fine. I, don't, I guess I don't really care. <laughs> so. Yeah, I pretty much tune out when the Pinnacle shows up. But it's it, somebody did make the point that, like, why are they just, like, standing there in the ring watching this happen? Like, shouldn't yeah. they go do something about it? Shouldn't El they? Barto made me laugh. So <laughs> no, sure. I, I, I can't bury the second. The Jake Hager thing made me laugh, like the, yeah. the forklift. And all. Like, that was way better than the Pinnacle promos, for sure. So it was fine. I, I, I mean, I don't know. FDR Harris saying, like, I don't have a family, just, like, really, like, shouting into a microphone at 11 o'clock on a Friday. That 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 worked for me on a level, but I don't think it was on the level that they intended it to work for. I didn't even hate. I thought the promos were all pretty solid. Um you know, Wardlow saying it's Wardlow's world. That's a good new catchphrase. I'm into that. You know, it's it's basically a repurposing of my favorite famous catchphrase, Wardlow Day. Uh, but I'll let him have it. That's fine. Um, yeah, you know, this 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 say this whole segment did not insult my intelligence, but it is for sure the case that the inner circle is on top of this feud right now. Well, FTR Hair may not have a family, but I understand that FTR Bald has children, and I just want him to know Father's Day is just around the corner. Uh, you're pretty hairy, FTR bald, other than on your head. And your kids probably need a gift idea for you. I got an idea. They can make you proud this year by getting you the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. That's right, the Lawnmower 4.0. And our listeners and your kids, FTR bald, can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code This Is T H I S I S at manscaped.com. Manscaped 
is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming, just launched the Lawnmower 4.0. You've probably heard us talk about the Lawnmower 3.0, and now you're wondering, well, what you know, what what are the improvements in the Lawnmower 4.0? Well, they still got the great cutting-edge ceramic blade, but they've added a multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock. FTR bald, you're about to start traveling a lot more. You might need uh, the travel lock. You can, okay, the 3.0, they introduced the LED spotlight. Honestly, is great. But on the 4.0, you can turn the light off. On the 3.0, as soon as you hit power, the light comes on. 4.0, you can turn the light off if you don't need it. Uh, or as our friends at Manscaped say, you can now shave your balls in the dark. So keep that in mind. Uh, it also has a new guard length, a new guard, you know, that you can put on. The Lawnmower 3.0 just has the one guard. Lawnmower 4.0 has two, allows you some new lengths. It's got a new wireless charging system. Uh, they've also added the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. I know we all got those. I'm excited about trying to use it, frankly, getting old and now have the nose hair that I have to worry about. Uh, and along with lots of other great products that you can use to, uh, you know, keep your stuff smelling good. So Manscaped products also are cruelty-free, paraben-free, not sure what that is, dye-free and vegan. So they got it all going. I know FTR Bald. I'm not sure if FTR Bald is vegan, but I know he's been leaning down lately. So maybe he's been cutting out some red meat. So uh, Manscaped is good for that. 20% off, free shipping with the code THISIS at manscaped.com. Send FTR Bald or your dad a gift you know they will use. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Uh, yeah. I did. Uh, I had a scoopster slide into my DMs and tell me that FTR hair hates parabens. So that's great. Okay. Um, that's right up his alley. I will say, I don't know if you guys have the same issue. When I notice that I have to like uh, tend to something, do some, do some hygiene, keep up or whatever. Like if I notice that my nails are long, I have to cut them immediately or it'll drive me insane. Like I'll, it'll be all oh, I yeah. think about. You know, I used to be like, you know, I don't know, elementary school would be like a nail biter because you'd see that they're long. Go, oh, these have to be shorter now. So that is what's really great about the lawnmower is like it just sits on my shelf and it's battery powered. And if I look, oh, I need a trim like it's just right there and you can do it instantly without having to do a bunch of, uh, you know, set up and plug in and clean up and all this shit. You just do it and you're done. You're not wrong. I'm sorry. I was trying to learn about parabens. I'll, I'll have more info about parabens for our next Manscaped ad read. Don't worry. Okay, manscaped.com, 20% off. Promo code, this is. Let's run down the rest of the show. The Pinnacle arrived in a limo to begin. Uh, Matt Hardy was in the ring with TH2. He says, Christian has been jealous of him for years because he's made so much more money. And now Angelico is going to end Christian's career. Uh, that did not happen. They wrestled Christian one with the kill shot after the match. Jack Evans attacked. That uh, allowed Matt Hardy to sneak attack, and Jungle Boy made the save. Then I'm curious. I, I, I don't see any obvious reasons that Matt Hardy would have made a ton more money than Christian. It seems like they were really about the same spot throughout their careers. Christian went to TNA before Matt Hardy did, but also, I think, went back to WWE and was a world champion. Merch money. While Matt Hardy wasn't. Merch money. Yeah. yeah, the hard. Well, yeah, the Hardys. I'm sure sold more merch than Edge and Christian ever did. I think oh. that's probably the case. Yeah, like miles more. I mean, I, I remember the Edge and Christian in the merch, and I remember the Hardy Boys merch. Saw a lot of people, a lot more people wearing Hardy Boys merch out in the open. So, I think that's what he's referring to. I uh, think Cody was out with Brock 
Anderson and Arn Anderson. Cody did some uh, daddy issue stuff. Talked about getting beat by Anthony Agogo. QT intervened, said he pinned Cody clean. Enough of the second generation nepotism. Proposed a strap match. I think a South Beach. A South Beach strap match. A South Beach strap match. Cody takes off his belt. He wants to have a strap match right now. Uh, Patrick Cosmos in the Discord said that Brock wanted to have a braided belt strap match, which I thought was funny. Uh, Have they done a strap match before? One does not come to mind. No, they just Cody got whipped. That's all. That's our only. I think. Strap. I think I said on the five star match game. I think I guessed strap match for something. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Just because I was like, "What's a stupid match that Cody will, will do?" Oh, probably a strap match. <laughs> um. So I think this is them finally getting ground. They they probably listened to the five star match game. We're like, "Oh yeah, we haven't done one yet." Uh, QT bailed when the when the belt came off. Uh, but then he came back, attacked Arn with his belt. Brock attacked. Honestly, I thought there was some heat at the end of this. I enjoyed the little part with Brock beating up QT. I was fixated on Brock's outfit. Sure. I understand. Uh, then we had the trios match with Eddie Kingston, Pack, and Penta defeating the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. Pack print pinned Brandon Cutler. The Bucks attacked. The Good Brothers joined in. Uh, Luke Gallows looking very much like late life uh, Randy Savage at this point. Uh, and the elite hunter Frankie Kazarian made the save. Well, Nick Nick Jackson's going for Andy Savage. He's doing the whole, the whole rigmarole with the finger. Um, I got <laughs> it. Just for me, there was an entire other wrestler in Ring of Honor who did that also. But uh, I guess Nick Jackson's going to do that now with the dyed beard. I do with my with my desire that the elite hunky Frank elite hunker the elite hunter <laughs> elite hungy the elite hunter Frankie Kazarian gets more like psychologically damaged. Uh, I, he also shouldn't pal around with the baby faces after the match be like yeah good job i ran him off or whatever he should like escape into a what's a hunting term a deer blind is that a is oh that a yeah thing? that is nice yeah he name. should escape into a deer blind well he could i mean i guess they've already done sting's already here and they've already done the rafters thing with darby a little right. bit but yeah it's that idea right yeah is a deer blind the main thing that you hide in when you're hunting are there other options no i think that's pretty much it okay uh, then we had the Michael Kurosawa video, not to be confused with Kurosawa from WCW. Uh, it- or or Takashi Mike. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Mike. Um, I don't know what, that's like a reference to something, but I don't even know what reference I'm making, so I can't, uh, I can't tell you. So this is the video that was promised last week and to show the conspiracy against Kenny Omega Essentially, it was just captioned to show that Bryce Strumsberg told Kenny that he hated him and wanted him to lose, and it turned uh, the fuck you, Don, chance into thank you, Don. Udon. Udon, like the noodles? Yeah, it's food. (laughs) It is food, you're right. (laughs) Uh, The Pinnacle speaks. They spoke. Um, They all talked. I I didn't... I stopped transcribing all the things because they're just talking about their... Little paired off feuds. Everybody, not, not sure. In point of fact, that you that you started transcribing. I did the things. first one. I said, "Ball, <laughs> actually, we're a lot like Santana and Ortiz, but you all lost your edge." And then I realized what was happening, and I stopped. Okay, it's a I, I you know charitably you got maybe four percent of what was said. So <laughs> yes, I, I don't know that I stopped. Is I guess it's technically true, but doesn't really yeah. get the spirit of what you did. True. Well, I uh, I like to stop things before I start because otherwise I just wasted time. You know, <laughs> that's a great point. Thank you. 
uh yeah they're just pairing off but everybody was like i accept whatever like they're gonna have a match except mjf he doesn't want to have a match with chris jericho jericho interrupted from outside the inner circle destroys the pinnacle limo hager runs into it with a forklift lifts it up pretty funny uh i do like they you know they've paired these off they've set up sammy and sean spears but They've also, I think, kind of laid the groundwork for the larger feud is MJF and Sammy here because MJF spent half his time talking about Sammy. So I think that's, you know, Sean Spears is not going to be a, a, you know, building block for 10 years down the line, whereas MJF and Sammy presumably are. So I think it's good that they're sort of uh, drawing attention to that that pairing. Yeah, well, Sean Spears will be 50 in 10 years. So, Wow. It looks good. Looks good for 40. I don't know if he's really 40, but he's got to be close. Um, Sting and Darby pre-tape. Darby says next week he's not replacing Sting. He wants it to be a handicap match. He says Sting got the fall. That means Darby has something to prove. And Sting says, uh, "No, you're already good before I got here." But okay, I won't come next week. He basically did. He he did the uh, the Trump speech. Mm-hmm. That was the opposite. Right? I'm gonna <laughs> come. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so yeah. there was this video going around of Kamala Harris saying. Do not come. Did you see this? No. I, I know what you're referring to. I've she not gave seen a speech video, saying, p- telling in what was it in Guatemala? I don't know. She was with the president of Guatemala saying, telling people from Guatemala not to come to America. Uh, do not come. And then somebody spliced it with a thing from a Trump speech where he said, I'm going to come. <laughs> it was funny. Hmm. Funny video. I see. <laughs> Um, didn't really play in here, but it was stuck in my brain right. and it just oozed out at this moment. So I apologize to everyone. That's okay. Uh, staying is very likable. He's very, yeah. Yeah. Just like, he's like, man, I really, you're the man. I want to be there to support you. And just, I don't know. He just has a different, different vibe than, uh, you know, everybody else acting in pro wrestling skits. He just seems. He seems sin- sincere. He seems did, sincere. Did you guys uh, see the picture of staying with his, with his large sons no no no, no. Uh, they're uh, funny looking you're, you got, you're very caught up i, I apparently am less caught up than you even though you've been the busy person <laughs> yeah i know but yeah. i'm but i'm up on online so that's what counts right. darby just came I, went, I, I went to the beach everybody's going to the beach i know you're going to the beach i am there was discussion in the discord because i was saying oh i'm going to the i'm going to the indiana dunes which is a lot like a beach because there's a lot of sun and sand turns out there's also beaches there oh and you went yeah when did you do that on tuesday how was it uh it was sunny it was sandy the water was cold <laughs> yeah uh but i threw the football around with my my nephew for you know half an hour so that's pretty good sounds fun mike do you have anything on sting and darby or the beach or the beach uh, well i'm well i it's well known that i do not trust the ocean so well that- good news about indiana yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd be okay there because there's no ocean to be to, to be distrustful of. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uh, my nephew was looking for shark's teeth, though. He's like, "Oh, I'm going to find some shark's teeth." I'm like, "I don't know that you are." <laughs> it's a lake. <laughs> it's a lake. Uh, Darby came off like a real big idiot in this. If you ask me, even like, "Oh, I'll t- I'll fake. I'll I'm willing to do this as a handicap match. I want to get after you like this." And like, should and like Sting like did be like did try to kind of talk him out of it in a way. But it just kind of was one of those things that just like I I know that's something that like the baby face should be valued in the baby face like be like oh I could take you both on it it's okay like not turn down the fight here but 
just like refusing to get a partner and be like I, I and like Obi says like I want this to be a handicap match just kind of makes you look like a dummy yeah you know it's not the smart thing to do it, it doesn't make me like Darby any less I think it's a pretty uh accurate uh, uh, uh expression of Darby's character right like he 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 thinks he's the underdog he thinks he has to prove himself all the time uh so I think it makes sense for him that this other tag team is like, you can't do it without Sting. Sting's carrying you. And Darby takes that to heart and believes it. Um, that all rings true to me. So yeah, it does, it, you are right. It's not the smart thing to do. He should just get a partner, but yeah, I, you know, it doesn't make me like Darby any less. I feel like he could have just gone with the, like, I got something to prove and I don't trust anyone else besides you. You know, he's got that kind of loner character. Maybe that would have helped a little, but yeah, kind of a weird, that, that would have been fine too. Yeah. Kind of a weird thing here, honestly. Uh, then we got like, a video from evil Uno talking about winning the TNT title and how, and Brody's legacy with the title and how it would mean a lot to him uh, to win. Yeah. I, uh, they're doing this ongoing thing where dark order members challenge for the title going back to uh, when John Silver did and got his arm injured. And then Darby's like, give me another dark order guy. Um, I think that's a great long-term story that all the dark order people want to get the Brody lead title for him. Um, and yeah, they keep saying that with the, the Preston Vance video, they set it up uh, and carrying that forward here. That's going to be a great payoff whenever down the line, presumably John Silver or maybe Adam page, but Adam page isn't really in the dark order. So I hope it's not him. Uh, but yeah, when, when somebody climbs the mountain, gets the TNT title in front of 5,000 fans, going to be great. But let me just uh, also uh, say the TNT title match, Miro, of course, defeated Evil Uno with the game over. If anybody was talking specifically yeah. about the match. I like the match too. Um, I do. You kind of, I've said on this podcast a lot that I think they should use the Smash Brothers as a team more. They're not featured very much in this promotion at all, even though they were you know, one of the first teams signed or whatever. Right. Um, and clearly Evil Uno has caught on with, uh, you know, a lot of the television and BTE watching crowd. Um, so I think part of this match was like, oh, you, you kind of see why this guy is better in a tag team setting. You know, he's, uh, you know, him running the ropes against a super athlete like Miro or whatever. You just kind of see the disparity, I think. Um, but I liked the match. It was a good match. And I liked the kind of story elements they did with the dark order trying to will him to a big victory for the team. I think that did a lot to cover for him going even with Miro a lot of the way, but Miro just ultimately destroying him, waving to the dark order while he's got him in his hold. Uh, absolutely devastating. Um, I also PWG is coming back. I watched the preview for the 16 show on YouTube the other day, just to be like, Oh, PWG is, coming back they have really fun youtube videos that you can watch and then not think about it again for however many months um and evil uno is just wrestling shirtless in there and it, mm -hmm. i think it just looks better like obviously i think they wanted him to get this vest thing that he's got on because there seemed to be a directive in this company that you know uh if you don't have a super tight bod then you gotta like put on a shirt or you know get a get a singlet or something um but I think Evil Uno just is like a bigger guy with his with his top off, pop that top off. He just kind of had a different vibe and energy and violence about him that he doesn't really have when he's buttoned up in this vest. Yeah, I mean, they had him. He didn't wrestle in the vest like the first few months of promotion, and then he quickly did. I, 
I thought this match was I I really enjoyed it. Like I think that this was really effective. I felt like that it went the like the exact amount of length that even though Uno got like his blast of offense, like there was no this was a match that like Miro was treated like a monster, kicking out at one after big moves and just eventually just the way that he tapped out Uno like right net right near the ropes falling back and waving bye-bye to the to the dark order I thought uh, was really effective and I think that you know everything they've done with this how run with with Miro so far has they've knocked it out of the part with so the I thought this was exceptional and we had the Andrade video with him getting dressed which we've talked about uh Kenny and Don Callis came out to the ring with Tony they said Jungle Boy is missing something he doesn't have guts Jungle Boy's music hits. He comes out. Kenny tells Jungle Boy that he's not very good at promos. And Jungle Boy responds that Kenny talks too much. Uh, Kenny attacks him. Jungle Boy's about to get him in the snare trap, but the Bucks made the save. Yeah, I think this is a direct call out to Mike, uh, who's always going on and on about Jungle Boy not being ready to promo and sell matches on television and shit. And I think this, this layout was pretty effective, being like, hey, he can actually just be the cool good looking young guy who doesn't need to say a lot because he just like kind of carries himself confidently uh, and says one word to Kenny after Kenny rambles on and on and on and that's a totally good act for a baby face uh, so I thought that was probably the right way to play it I will consider this a call out if now Jungle Boy never speaks if they're like we're going to do it this way or he's going to be the strong silent baby face you know yeah, but, the, the, but it's not a, as much of a call out. I mean, it proves you're right, I think. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. One side of a call out is the person being correct, and I'm correct about Jungle Boy. So, uh, Jay, This was the Jake Cargill, Smart Mark Sterling backstage segment. Then we got Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page backstage. They said they told Darby to get a partner, but he's dumb. They also agree with Mike. Uh, then Lance Archer defeated... Uh, Chandler Hopkins, local talent, not actually local, from Oklahoma, according to our friends in the Discord. Uh, Lance won with the blackout, of course. I I, I love Lance Archer squash match. He just comes out completely wrecked shit and leaves. Like they, they didn't even bother having Jake the Snake Roberts on color. They, he just stood at the ramp and just pretty much it was like tapping his shoe. They got, the, they got over with and Lance Archer stormed out. I thought that this rocked. Uh, the wingman is that the official name for this for this unit? That's the, the official wingman? name. Yep. They're they're too cowardly to call it Peter Avalon's Pussy Pass, even though it's obviously what it is. They should do that. They're backstage and they're offering orange. Hot, hot young Bradley should take up uh, magic so he can be the David Blaine of the Pussy Posse. Sure. That'd actually be a big improvement if Hot Young Bradley started being like, "Hey, you know what stupid shit Los Angeles likes? Magic." And then he starts doing really bad magic. What do they have that magic castle out there? I think that would uh, I think that would be a, an improvement to the hot young Bradley character. Bring in Jarek. Jarek can, can tutor him. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, how if Jarek, if you're listening, hope you're doing well, buddy. Um, they offered Orange Cassidy either a makeover or an ass kicking, essentially. Yeah, uh, I tweeted this. Uh, you know, a lot of things I say I tweeted, but <laughs> they, got, they love okay. giving Cesar Bononi these big TV matches. Um, there was there was like a three-week period where Hyung Bradley was on TV every single week. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe have the workhorse from your stable do the big matches on television. That would make sense to me. They have to piece the bone zone, evidently. The bone zone is a powerful viewing block, so make sure that's covered. 
See, you, you want to use the bone zone to attract attention to your YouTube shows. And then also the bone, the boner, the bone man can get a bunch of reps so that he can like, you know, be more effective when he is on TV. You know, not, not that, you know, JD Drake, obviously have to lose all these matches, but that's fine for what they're doing with them right now. Then we had Nyla Rose versus Layla Hirsch, and Nyla won with a top rope beast bomb. Pretty, pretty brutal finish here. Yeah, I was like, every time somebody does a powerbomb off the top like that, I'm impressed at their their core strength. I guess. Yeah, like wow, I, she's really, really got to hold herself up there while she's going all the way down and landing on her back. Yeah, no, and then landing on your landing on your tailbone too from like an avalanche, one of those like just look like it stinks for everything else here. I thought this match was a whole lot of fun. I thought that that they did they had a good trend on this show of for matches that really should not have had any doubt in it, like working the match that made sense there, really highlighted everyone else everyone's strengths. And I feel like this match, you know, was about Nyla just now being paired off with uh Rip Baker for the women's title. So you know, Layla is a top contender and made sure that had the moments that Layla came off like a star and then Nyla beat her convincingly. You know, I thought that this was a very a successful match. Yeah, totally good thing to set up Nyla as the first challenger for Britt back so Britt can get her get her win back um, from Nyla from the from the title tournament. Um, would it have been effective if more effective if Nyla had been on dynamite any time over the last two months, killing some other jobber? Absolutely. Yeah. Would that have taken more than five minutes? No, it wouldn't have. It would have been very easy to do in five minutes and cut some other overlong match. Uh, Britt and Rebel were backstage with Tony. Uh, Britt says Nyla should stick to flipping burgers, as she did last week in the segment. Uh, and she said she's adding Nyla to the list of jealous bitches in the back, which I thought was funny. Uh, she says, but you need me because this title makes you, but I make this title. Good, Another good Brit promo. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really understand this pairing. Like, they're both heels. Nyla and Brit. Yeah, we talked about this last week. Okay. They're both heels. They've already wrestled. I don't know. It's just a weird, weird first... Um, first yeah feud yeah order. yeah but i think they want to see what the reactions of brits are going to be also they seem to be doing it during this pretty much safe month where they're on fridays and nobody's watching and the shows are pre-taped so it's probably a safe time to do it too that's true uh okay and then we had the main event hangman page and his chosen partner of 10 preston vance uh versus brian cage and powerhouse hobbs 10 pinned Hobbs. So they, they, as we suggested last week on the show, this is definitely, I think Nate suggested this, a, uh, the start or the beginnings of a push for 10. Uh, and there was, he hit a cutter and then, uh, had him, Adam page hit the buckshot lariat and they got the win in the match. Starks and Brian cage got into it because cage would not use the FTW belt for his advantage and cage ended up chasing him off. So it was a two on one match at the end. Yeah. Good match. Um, you know, I guess I want to complain that they've been doing this Brian Cage FTW storyline forever. Um, but at least, you know, it seems like this is maybe the breaking point. So I guess I really can't complain that they're maybe bringing it to a conclusion. Ten's mm. uh, mask is too sparse. It's It doesn't look like a major league mask. It looks like 
a minor league mask. Um, a double you know, mask. Yeah. The, you know, the, the concept is fine. He, he likes the Joker. <laughs> uh, that's fresh in pro wrestling. Nobody else is doing has that. The, so uh, I think it's, it's great to lean into that. Has the it 10 says the on number it. 10. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's fine. It just needs more. Like the one detail it has is like a black stitch on the top. Like he's, uh, what's the fucking guy? Knuckleball shorts. Um, and it just looks like a goofy, it doesn't look like a major league stitch. It looks like, yeah, they got to get him a new mask. It's got to have more detail and be fancier and be nicer. Uh, and if he wants to be the Joker, that's fine. All right. Uh, that was the show. If you enjoy our show, the best way to support us is to go to patreon.com slash everything elite and sign up. We do a fucking ton of audio over there. This past week, we talked about the WWE releases and, you know, whether we want to see them in AEW, what they could do next. And we talked about mid-year awards, checking in on how AEW, the cat, we do awards categories at the end of every year. We kind of checked in on some of the front runners in those categories. We've been doing light, which is our dynamite preview show on Fridays instead of Wednesdays, of course, the day of dynamite. Uh, so we'll be keeping that up. And next week uh, we're going to have a, patreon show talking about pwg's return and the state of the indies right now yeah i i haven't recorded it yet but i think that's a very interesting time that pwg is coming back when it is and it'll be interesting to see how it kind of shakes out and now that the indies seem to be back so it'll be a good time pretty fascinated to see if pwg books either of the two hottest acts on the indies i think they're not going to uh because i think they're you know, to uh, what would Aaron Taub say? Fart sniffing about their pro wrestling or whatever. Yeah. If they really wanted to book the hot acts, of course, they'd book Matt Cardona and Nick Gage. Seems unlikely. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Mike's going to talk about this. He and I also talked about it on Light, how, what sort of AEW presence is going to be on uh, this PWG show. So I think that's going to be interesting. I hope they can book AEW guys that aren't just against other AEW guys because that's what they were doing. Yeah. That would suck. Uh, we also have a Discord. It's a lot of fun. So if you sign up uh, at the 5 or $8 level, you can come on our Discord. If you sign up on the $8 level, uh, frankly, just to be honest, not as many this month. Usually we do the the live instant reaction right after Dynamite. We haven't been doing those because of the late Friday night shows. We will do it again on the Saturday night show, I believe. Uh, and yeah. then, of course, when Wednesday when they go back to Wednesday night, we'll be doing it again. Okay, so that's patreon.com slash everything elite. Sign up. Uh, next week on Dynamite, we've got a pretty filled out card. Aaron Solo and QT Marshall. I'm sorry, Marshall. He's going back to Marshall versus Cody and Brock Anderson. Jim Ross will sit down with Andrade El Idolo, uh, Pentagon, Eddie, Kingston, and the elite hunter Frankie Gazarian versus Matt Jackson and the Good Brothers, Orange Cassidy versus Cesar Bononi. Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. And in an MMA rules cage fight, Jake Hager versus Wardlow. Really need the Elite Hunter to go after these guys on Impact. Impact needs Frankie Kazarian. I couldn't agree more. I think that would be a, a great use of, of the Elite Hunter. They also, was it new that they announced this like two nights of Fighter Fest and the Fight for the Fallen show? Yeah. The yes. brands were new, I think. Yeah. Okay. The... The, the names in the event, Road Rager is brand new. Brutal. <laughs> Road Rager. I mean, fan of the old, uh, was that Konami who did Road Rage? Road 
Rage or Road Rash. Road, Road Rash. Rash, yeah. Road Rash, that's it. Road Rash, yeah. yeah. So they're doing those like three weeks in a row, right? Like Fighter Fest two weeks. Four. And yes. Five, oh, and then Road Rage. Sorry. Road yeah, Rager. they're doing Road, Road Rage. Road Rager in Miami, uh, Fighter Fests and Taxes, and then Fight for the Fallen in Charlotte. All right. Well, they're apparently coming to Indianapolis in November. So maybe that, I'll make that my first um, AEW show unless they announce uh, a Louisville date, which I would appreciate. Okay, well, I think that's all of the show this week. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at EverythingAEW. I'm at Aaron Like the Car. Nate's at Epitasis. Mike's at Fuji. Hey, ya. subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five star rating and review. Go to patreon.com slash everything elite. Go to my bookie, use the promo code elite, and go to manscaped.com and use the promo code this is. For Mike, for Nate, I'm Aaron. We'll see you next week. <laughs>